Hello, I'm Ros Beaver at Erwin Mitchell. I am a Director of Legal Services in our family team. We have here at Erwin Mitchell been running a campaign to raise awareness about alternative dispute resolution mechanisms and how we can really, really help our clients to navigate their way through what is a really, really stressful period in their lives. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined this morning by Marcy Shaul. Marcy is an expert in co-parenting coaching and she is the director and founder of The Co-Parent Way. The Co-Parent Way is a leading co-parenting coaching practice and it works with parents to enable them to communicate effectively about their children, whatever the circumstances of their breakup. Marcy is also the director of Rolling Stone Coaching and is a highly regarded executive coach. We thought it would be brilliant to introduce Marcy today and for her to share with us how she operates, how the co-parent way can help you as parents in the audience and how she can work with us as professionals to make that journey the best it can be for our clients and particularly with a focus on the children. So Marcy, over to you. Can you explain a little bit about how you work and give us perhaps a few examples? Yes, of course I can. Thanks so much for having me. So it's probably fairly important to say that the UK's first um, co-parenting coaching practice, and we really work with parents to enable them to get to a place where they can bring up their children together after they've separated, whatever the circumstances of their separation or divorce. We work with parents who are separating and divorcing, parents who, who live apart, so maybe someone who's overseas, and new parents who want to align their parenting, but mostly it is in divorce cases. Um, we work with one parent or both parents, and when we work with both parents, it's important to say that we, we work with them separately, so we never have them in the same room or the same Zoom at the same time because we find that that means that people get really caught up in their story and can't focus on the matter in hand which is learning to to co-parent effectively you know all too often kids have to bear the brunt of a difficult separation or a poorly handled separation and as a result they they suffer not only in the present but also in the future and I set up the co-parent way because I fundamentally believe that when it's safe to do so, and it's important to say, Ros, it's not always safe, so I'm sure we'll get onto that later. But when it's safe to do so, that children have a right to positive access to both of their parents. And I also, it's important to say that parents have a responsibility to parent with their ex in order to bring up their children, uh, whatever they may feel about each other. And that's not easy. And at the co-parent way, we acknowledge that that's not easy. Um, and so we've, we've built it on three pillars, really. Truth, responsibility and courage, because it takes all of those things to be a successful co-parent. You asked how it works. Well, really, we work with parents. So there's, the coaching techniques that we use are really fundamental coaching techniques. They're about providing people, providing parents with tools on how to listen effectively, how to see things from someone else's perspective. In this case, their other parents, the other parents' perspective, how to see things from their children's perspective, which is really, really crucial. 
it's how to pause, how to listen, how to set boundaries um, for yourself, uh, what you want, what you don't want, and how to be flexible within that boundary setting so we're not kind of very brittle and angry. Um, it also enables us to, to move our emotions, to move away from being emotional. And we do that by helping parents to understand what is it that causes those emotions? And they're big emotions. You'll know that as a, as a family lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're kind of, you know, when, when someone comes to you or to me, they're, they're, they're in a big state of emotion because they might be angry or frustrated or upset. And, you know, often those emotions are caused by fear or, or worry that they're not going to have access to their kids or as much access to their kids anymore. Um, so the tools are kind of all formed around those things to, to help parents achieve longer term success in their co-parenting, to, to be able to put the well-being of their children front and centre when they're making decisions during their separation and after their separation. Yeah, and I think that's, that's kind of the, the premise of what we do. And do you find then that it is that the coaching is more effective in the immediacy of the breakdown of the relationship or do you find that it's far more effective when there's been a period of of almost cooling off when the emotions have settled more for me I I see clients um, often the first port of call for a client and this is why we're trying to really promote alternative methods of resolving issues I speak to a client who's in the immediate, immediate aftermath of finding out about a separation or telling the other their their partner that they want to separate. And I find that that's a very, very tricky period. But do you think that the co-parenting coaching would work effectively then or do you need to wait for a little while? That's a really great question. And actually, it really depends on the client. And and our job is to really meet them where they are. So, for instance, we might work with people at the beginning of their breakup when they are in those high states of emotion. And the really good thing about working with someone at those early stages is it stops things from escalating out of control. And when you stop things from escalating out of control, you enable people to to self-manage their emotions in order for them to then communicate effectively with their ex or soon to be ex about their children. And the kind of the end point of that, if you like, is that the children then feel really safe and really stable that mum and dad or mum and mum or whatever the makeup of the relationship is are communicating really well about them and about their future. So they, they are therefore able to still remain kids, if you like, they don't have to grow up too quickly um, or deal with inappropriate uh, messages or or discussions. Conversely to that, you know, if somebody is um, well on on the way to, you know, in this family law court process and it's very um, high conflict then we meet them there we'll take them through an intensive course we'll help them to communicate effectively we'll help them to maybe rewind a bit if you like to really see hang on a minute although it might feel good at the moment to be getting one over dad or getting an extra day away from my ex um, to see my kids that actually it's my kids that are going to lose out and to regain that perspective and regain that bigger picture. So for, for me, 
you and I, we've not worked together before, Marcy, but this is an opportunity for me, for me to advise my clients. So I'm thinking along these lines for particularly thinking in, in terms of a, a client journey that I've been involved in recently. Often when I see a, somebody at the very beginning that they are focusing on the children and the finances. That seems to be as long as well as the overwhelming uh, stress associated with the breakdown of their relationship. And what happens in my experience is people get very polarized in their positions. And usually one party is focusing most on the children and the other party is focusing most on the finances. And I don't mean that they're focusing to the exclusion of, of their children because they obviously love their children, but that seems to be where they draw the battle lines, if you like. And I'm thinking in a case of mine recently where without coaching, my client uh, went along and made a, an absolute conscious decision to resolve the issues with the children in the most collaborative way possible at the very beginning. And it took a year for the issues in relation to the children to be resolved. But he, that particular client who was male, he was in a particular mindset where he really wanted to sort it out. But his wife wasn't in that mindset, which was why it took a year. So I'm thinking in that particular case, perhaps it would be an appropriate situation where I'd say to my client who was resisting trying to enter into those negotiations, why don't you go and see Marcy? Because she can talk you through the benefits of dealing with it that way. Is that the sort of thing that would be helpful and you would be there to help clients with? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, I often get referrals in very similar situations to that from family lawyers and also from mediators. So often mediators will send me clients to do uh, an intensive course to get them into a more child focused place before they start their negotiations um, for children. And also, you know, family lawyers, you may have been working with clients for a while and, you know, you're finding that they're, you know, they're stuck or they're in a loop and you can't get through to them or they're, you know, in, in, a, in a world of pain often, you know, and, and coming to me or coming to a coach is is really good way of helping compartmentalize, manage your emotions, understand what the best decisions are to be made going forward and to actually make those decisions because, you know, a lot of talking gets done and what family lawyers often find because of the high states of emotion that their clients are in, that, that it's hard to make decisions and that's what the co-parent coaching really enables parents to do is to get to a place where they can make decisions together. And often I, I find as um, a solicitor that I often get drawn into the same narrative as my client because I, I effectively become on their side, as if you like. And it, I have to really try and draw myself back. But having somebody completely independent, I, I can see absolute merit in that and trying to find a, a resolution more speedily. One of the other things I was going to ask you about, Marcy, was do you think that there's a potential for those who are not as, as privileged to be in a situation where they are being disadvantaged by not having access to coaching and other alternative dispute resolution mechanisms because I do think that there is a risk of that 
Um, I 100% agree with you. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we're just about to launch an online course. So parents who are perhaps uh, not as advantaged as others can buy uh, the course, which is pre-recorded, and they go through it with a workbook and, you know, in the comfort of their own home. And it's a set price and it's a much, much lower price because obviously buying someone's time is much more expensive. And I would really look to the whole kind of industry, the alternative dispute resolution industry to be doing similar things because, you know, why is it shouldn't be up to us for, to decide who has access and, and who doesn't. And I know that CAFCAS are also looking at early intervention and how alternative methods like this can be used for all people, for all clients. That's absolutely brilliant. And it's exactly the way forward, I think, in, in all uh, all areas of where we're trying yes, to definitely. reach a resolution. Have you come across cases where people have been using mediation and other forms of alternative dispute resolution? And how would you fit with that, usually with that process? Absolutely. So we, I, for example, I um, was recently referred a couple who were um, divorcing. The mum had stopped speaking to dad completely as she felt that he was using his financial leverage to control the children. And one of the children was refusing to go and stay with their dad at all. And this, the dad felt that was because the child was being manipulated by mum. And what was really interesting in this case is that both parents were in the legal process. They were also in the mediation process and they were refusing to budge. Um, so the mediator recognised that actually they needed to, something else needed to be in that mix. And so she sent them to me and I did an intensive course with them and got them to a place where they could communicate with each other. And by the end of those sessions, both mum and dad were able to understand that you know, each of them wanted the best for their children, not just themselves, um, and that there were changes that they could both make to ensure smooth handovers, you know, including mum actually saying hello to dad in front of the children, such a small thing, such a massive change for mum, such a big impact on the children, but just, just one word could make such a big difference. And then, you know, then they went back into mediation in a much more child-focused way, and they were able to kind of hold their arguing patterns if you like that they they had in their divorce and their story of their divorce at bay whilst they made much more child focused decisions that were best for the kids rather than best for themselves and it, it can be a real game changer actually. The other thing I was thinking about is an, another way in which I find um, cases or or the journey to be really derailed, if you like, is when there's something like the introduction of a new partner. And I was wondering whether that might be something that you work with clients for, because I often things are going swimmingly. And then there's the introduction of a new partner. And that really, really does have a shockingly bad impact in some cases. Is that one way where you'd work with clients? Yes, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, co-parenting, it's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do as a, as a kind of divorced parent or a separated parent. And if you can get it to a really good state, it's still really fragile. It's like walking on, you know, really thin ice in the middle of a, a really deep, cold lake. Mm. Uh, it could just all change at, the, at, at any moment. And blended families and new partners and new kids and, and grandparents and all this kind of other these other people that can come in um, can really derail 
that co-parenting relationship that you've worked so hard to build and we do work with blended families we do specific workshops with either the whole family or just parts of the family and I think the fundamental thing to say if anyone's listening who is in that situation is it's all about messaging so what you need to do is you need to get to a place where the messages that every single person in adult every single adult in that blended family is giving all the children the messages are the same. So, you know, the language that you use to describe the divorce or the family, you know, the language, the names that you give the different grandparents, how you communicate with the children, whether you're a biological grandparent or a blended family grandparent, you know, it's all really, really crucial. And that just holds the kids nice and safe, nice and stable um, in their kind of parental bubble, as we call it over here. But it's the messaging and it's the helping all the members all the adults members of that blended family to be able to kind of self-manage again it's to to kind of not express their opinion about what's going on in front of the kids I mean sure do it in private that's you know nobody can stop you doing that but to self-manage in front of the kids to always make sure that you're kind of thinking well hang on a minute how is what I'm about to say going to impact on all of these kids here in the room so really, it's about managing, for, for those who are going through it, it's about managing themselves and yes. reaching that agreement with other members of their family as well as with their estranged partner. Or it, perhaps I was thinking about this, could it be a situation where in these days where it's pretty common, people actually elect to live in separate households, but have children. That might be another way in which you would be working with parents, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I do that a lot. I have some clients who are in the forces who live away from their kids and they feel kind of estranged from their kids. And I have people who do live in separate houses. Actually, it is quite a new a new phenomenon, but it's um but they do you know they're still together and they live in separate houses and they they need to learn how to communicate and often it's the simple things right it's the things like what rules do we have in place around screen time homework how much sugar do you eat how much you know it's those things that maybe we um, can do that in my household yeah very very different um (laughs) ideas about how much sugar can be eaten here sure Right. And you know what? You're never going to have complete alignment, even in a really good functioning relationship. There's not complete alignment. So it's about finding the middle ground that you're happy with. It's about kind of accepting that you'll never get it 100 percent your way, but maybe you're happy with 70 percent. OK. And what's the 70 percent from you that matches your partner? And then you can parent in that place. And we call it we do an exercise with clients and we call it um, we call it lands work land l-a-n-d-s and it's like my land your land and our co-parenting land and kind of you know you get to keep whatever's in your land in your land and you don't bring that into the co-parenting and so does your partner or your ex-partner but the co-parenting stuff is where you have to work together so you just bring in things that you're prepared to negotiate on and discuss and and that's a you know that's obviously very simplified explanation but that's a really effective exercise because it helps us compartmentalize and helps us therefore feel safe as an adult that we don't have to share our whole adult life with our ex because we're parenting with them and that's really important same with the blended families you know when we do the workshops with with them it's a more complex system around that lands work but it's um it's still the same principle 
and that's it, it's really fascinating and, and it's the messaging is so powerful and I was thinking then to those who might be listening are there situations where it really wouldn't be suitable so yes you know you would say no don't go down this route Yes, I think where there's been cases where uh, of abuse, domestic abuse, child abuse, we, you know, that's that's not in our agreement. This has got to be where it's um, two safe adults who are in conflict or not in conflict, but generally in conflict with not much else attached to it. So I would say to you, probably in about 80% of cases, we would work with 80% of cases as a general whole and 20% of those were quite happy to say, actually, do you know what, this is not for us, you're not, co-parent coaching isn't going to work here, but, you know, here's a family therapist, or here's a particular other kind of therapist that, that you can work with that would help you get to where you need to get to. What I will say, though, is often in those situations, it's one parent who has been abusive, and the other parent has been um, a victim, or been on the other end of that. We would work with one parent um, to help them boundary set and reset and help them gain uh, control of their lives again to a certain degree. So I think that's also probably important to mention. And one of the other questions I did have for you was we quite frequently are consulted in relation to prenuptial agreements and postnuptial agreements. And often, not always, that's in situations where it's a second marriage or a, 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 an endorsement of an agreement that's been reached because of potentially some conflict that's gone on previously. It can be lots of other reasons for having those sorts of agreements. But particularly in those circumstances, I wonder whether you have ever become involved because you are potentially protecting the inherit the future inheritance of children and it might be there might be a dynamic in that I wondered whether you'd come across that yes I have actually and some sometimes some parents want to do something around a, a kind of a parenting prenup if you like if we get divorced or if we separate this is how we're going to work together to, to bring up our kids usually because they've been through something before that's been tricky sometimes just because they're very focused on on the future um, and absolutely because the, the the fundamentals are the same it's like how are we going to communicate how are we going to ensure our kids are safe and stable and bringing a parenting coach in to do that is quite nice because like you said earlier it's having that external voice um, which isn't a judgmental voice and it doesn't have any um, you know alignment with either of the parents it's quite neutral yeah um, the other area that I thought would be a, a really where your role would be really really useful would be in those situations where one parent has an opportunity to go and live in another country so they they want to move abroad and that's it, it's always like dropping a grenade on the other parent because particularly if the child lives more or the children live more with that parent who wants to leave have you been involved in those cases because I can imagine you having quite a helpful role in those sorts of cases 
Yeah, absolutely. I had um, had a dad that recently went to live in Gibraltar. Um, that was really not recently because of COVID, obviously pre-COVID. Um, that was really tricky because um, of just the access and, and the age that the children were at the time. They were teenagers and, it, you know, there was a lot of resentment and the, the mum was obviously kind of left with the kids and, and to manage that all on her own. And the, the single biggest thing that we worked on was around planning the communication. Okay, so forward planning the communication, using the kind of the schedules that they have already around school and holidays and timetabling and parents' evenings and those kinds of things and looking at alternative ways for dad to continue his involvement in the parenting. Also, really important for to for mum to enable the children to have that dialogue back with dad because it's really easy when one parent isn't there physically to kind of stick your head in the sand and go well they're not there and actually they don't really want to be involved well that wasn't the case at all um to encourage your kids to continue that relationship is is really setting them up for life and for, to, for having a good relationship both parents so scheduling look at what's already there look at the structures that you have already and and figure out alternative ways of dealing um, with things and having both parents involved in those structures and in that communication and you know what Ros we're so much better at it now than we were two years ago because we've all been online for two years absolutely I mean one of the things that always occurs to me in those in those sorts of cases is that Usually you as a solicitor, you are usually dealing with the situation on behalf of your client on a very urgent basis. There's not been an awful lot of planning. Something's come up. And frankly, if you're going to go down the court route, it's win or lose. And that's how it yeah. is perceived in my experience at the end of the case it is perceived as win or lose in fact what we want to be looking at and this is where I think alternative dispute resolution including working with with coaches like you can result in something that is looks like a great outcome for the children and for the parents it it's always going to be uh, not not the best outcome for the parent who's not with their children all the time on the same continent but if you can get the best outcome from other methods it's got to be get better in my opinion than having to go down a court route where you polarize your positions and become increasingly frustrated increasingly unhappy and resentful and bitter and point score against the other parent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that win-lose thing, you've just hit the nail on the head really, really well, because it's like it's win or lose for the parents, but it's lose for the kids most of yeah. the time. Right. If you end up in a really acrimonious, difficult court process where, you know, somebody else is deciding the future of your children and that's what's happening. You know, you lose the power to decide what happens to your children when you go mm -hmm. to court because somebody else ultimately has the final say. Whereas if you're in an alternative dispute resolution, it may not be perfect for you. It may only be 50% perfect for you and 50% perfect for your ex. And the rest of it, you really might have to suck up and, and lump, you know, and might not be very nice to do that. But bigger picture, and always I encourage my clients to think bigger picture, the kids are happy because they get to see both parents. They get to kind of 
have a seamless transition between both houses. They get to know that both of their parents are talking about their school reports, that the boundaries are set by both of their parents. And that is fundamentally the win. That's what you need to be, be looking for. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the other thing I was thinking as you were talking, Marcy, because I was getting really fascinated by what you were <laughs> saying, was often I think there are those relationships which actually break down when children come along and they and the, the, the parties are adjusting to having children. And sometimes things get really sticky and I imagine that you would be could become involved at that point to effectively save the relationship does that happen oh yeah well happens a lot actually it happens a lot and sometimes it'll be because people are thinking that they want to separate because they don't know what else to do they find me on their own because they won't have been normally I get referrals through um, lawyers or mediators but often parents will find me on their own because of something that I've said out in the public domain or that, that's resonated with them and they they'll be like okay you know what I I want to do what's best for my kids and I and I think and both of them will come to me and they, they think they want to get divorced but they're not sure and we go through a slightly different process and it's important to say that every process is tailored to the clients because it's not a one-stop shop um, and you know that that they kind of unpack where the sticking points are. And those are real kind of, you know, pure coaching tools. Where are your sticking points? Where are you circling? How do you kind of break the patterns that you're in and set new patterns that are better for you? They work better for your new reality now you've got kids than before when you didn't. And another thing that occurs to me is that often we as lawyers, we're involved in sorting out the difficulties with our for our clients as best we can. We use the, the tools that we think are the most appropriate for the client based on their choice, because it's their choice. We are, have a, an obligation to make people aware of what is there and what can be used to, to work through and find a solution. But we're not there when the, there's a final outcome and you know we 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 leave it behind and we want our clients to continue to work together etc so i'm imagining that you continue to work with clients is that right um yes and no so what we what we how we work is to kind of help clients give them the tools so they can have the tools to keep working together as parents after the coaching is finished because otherwise you're engaging people in a very long and expensive coaching process which you know ethically that honestly doesn't doesn't really interest me six sessions co-parent coaching get all the tools you need off you go go and parent together and when there are sticking points or a new partner or future things Come back for one session, come back for two sessions, get the new tools that you might need for your new situation and, and off you go again. And, and that's really kind of how we work. And with the online course, it's the same. You know, you get, get all the fundamental tools you need. And then if you want to buy one session with a coach to talk about, about a very specific problem, you can do that. But, you know, setting people up to work it out on their own and to have the tools and the skills to do that and also to deal with bumps in the road because you know you can be in the best co-parenting relationship in the world best blended family and there are always bumps in the road things that we're not expecting so having the skill set to deal with that right from the outset is you know is is really what it's all about and finally marcy have you got any examples of where 
you have worked the difference between working with parents in a case where it's been resolved by mediation or arbitration as opposed to and the differences between that and where you've worked with people who've gone through the court process can you identify what the differences might have been in different in those different scenarios I'm just interested to know whether you can point to a positive a much more positive tangible positive outcome yeah I think well I have someone in the court process at the moment we call him Jim um, and his and his ex it's very acrimonious and he was actually denied so much access to his kids that the only way that he could think about seeing them was if a judge ordered it. And, you know, his his ex had moved the children's school without telling him. So when he went to pick them up, they weren't there. And, you know, tricky things like that, that I'm sure you see quite a lot of. Um, and what was happening was he was feeling quite powerless, quite frightened. And, and ultimately, if they kept going down this road, he was never going to see his children again. Um, luckily, his lawyer and his ex's lawyer kind of both saw that this was not actually healthy for the kids. The kids were having some difficulties and sent them to me. Um, and even though there was a lot of bad feeling between them, even though they were in the court process through that co-parent coaching, they really both realised that the fighting was damaging for the children. Um, we helped them to understand what was driving the fighting. And that in their case, as I mentioned before, it was ultimately fear of losing the kids that was was driving the anger. Um, and the tools that we put in place for them enabled them just to start to talk to each other again about the children and very boundaried um, and to accept that there were two parents that needed to be involved in their lives. And what's really nice about this example is that the kids have since fed back. Um, I don't work with children. We don't work with children in the co-parent way, but they'd fed back through their parents that they didn't really understand what had changed between their parents, but they were really, really relieved that it had got better and they didn't have to kind of compartmentalise between mum and dad anymore. They weren't being told bad things. They didn't need to take sides and they could just go on being kids, really. Um, but if you're looking for kind of the differences between, you know, co-parent coaching in its pure sense and, and picking up co-parent coaching with, with couples who are going through the, the court process, it's often just about the ease of which you can access people and help them to understand that they how they need to change. When you do that, then the, the, the ultimately the kind of the outcomes are the same, you know, more stable kids, a more stable environment for children, um, better communication between the parents. And actually, you know, ultimately, everyone just breathes a big sigh of relief because it's not horrible anymore. It's, it's the kind of the bottom line. So really what I'm hearing from you, Marcy, is that there's a huge amount of value, and I can see it, in using a coach to work on your own parent, your own skills as parents, to sort of recalibrate and, and forget what's going on elsewhere, focus on the children and to try and look at it from the other parents' viewpoint, if you like, and, and with the ultimate goal being it's got to be beneficial for the children. And, and I think that fits in absolutely brilliantly with all the alternative dispute resolution mechanisms and gives us a great tool, uh, parents a great tool to use. Um, 
it's got to be beneficial. It's got to be the best way forward. And it can be used whether parents are in the court process or whether they're using a different way to resolve matters. We've run out of time, I'm afraid, Marcy. It's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. And I I, I think I could do with some co-parenting coaching <laughs> myself. Um, but to all our listeners, thank you for listening today. It's been uh, brilliant to talk to Marcy Shell, and we will join you again soon, no doubt, for our next episode. Bye.